Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Matthew 28, the 28th chapter of Matthew, verse 18 through 20. If you're all there, say a big amen. Amen. Here we go. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the privilege we have to freely gather openly this morning in our services. I pray that you would move with great power and unction. I pray, God, that you would take your finger and write on the fleshly tablets of our heart that we would be forever changed at the effects of this service for all those online, all those that are gathered here. The effects of this service would be far-reaching even to eternity. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Let the gifts be in operation. Flow in great power. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated, and we do have notes for you as are being passed around or have been passed out already. Vision. Everybody say vision. Vision. Say it again. Vision. We've preached a series of messages on vision And it's important to have vision. If you don't have vision, you're blind. Duh. That's like Ecclesiastes says, when a tree falls in the forest, there it lies. If you don't have vision, you're blind. But spiritually, I'm talking about, if you don't have a vision from God, then you'll have a tendency to drop out of life. You have to have a vision. Without vision, my people perish. How many of you know that scripture? And so if that is true, and of course it is in the word of God, then with much vision, there is a prospering and a blessing. And that is one of the reasons God is doing what he's doing here at King's. It's one of the reasons why he's doing what he's doing in your life. If you have vision, he will bless you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will prosper you. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and say, oh God, give me greater vision. God, give me greater vision. Come on, say it again. Oh God, give me greater vision. And so God has vision for you. He has vision for me individually, but he's got vision for us corporately. And this verse, these verses here in Matthew 28 talks about a vision from God. I will build my church. He's talking about what he's going to do. He's talking about the vision that God has for you and me corporately. He's got a vision to build his church. My, my, my. He's going to do that. So in introduction, God has a vision. What is the master plan of reaching the nations? It's the church. The master plan of reaching this community is the local church. Somebody said, well, I thought it was evangelist. Well, yes, connected to the local church. The five-fold ministry gifts are to operate in building and equipping and expanding God's bride, God's church, God's kingdom. They work together. Really, the reason... The reason there's parachurch ministries is because, you know what I mean by that? 
ministries that take place outside of the church is because the church by and large has not done their job in that particular area. And so then God had to raise up people to send missionary missionaries out because the church wasn't sending missionaries. That's part of it. The other reason is God's so expansive, he's going to use everything. But God has a vision and his vision is the church. What is the purpose of the church? What is the purpose for why God's building the church? Why does he do that? Why, why, is he, why is he doing what he's doing in the body of Christ? What is God's purpose for the church? There's a twofold purpose found right in this text. Number one, the forming of a, of a church is the forming of a worshiping community that honors God in the world. Would you say that with me? The forming of a worshiping community that honors God in the world. We're going to take a look at the New Testament and the worship of Jesus. We're going to take a look at the church and this twofold vision that God has for the church. So the first one, a forming of a worshiping community that honors God in the world. Throughout Jesus' life, he was worshiped. If you go and study Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and in in the epistles, you go and study the life of Christ, you'll see that he's worshiped, and he never denied the worship either. Because we're supposed to worship Jesus. Matthew 2 and 2 says, Where is he who's been born king of the Jews? where we've seen his star in the east and we've come to worship him. This is the magi, the wise men from Babylon, from the east, come to do what? Come to worship Jesus. In Matthew 14, those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. The leper returned and, and worshiped him, worshiped him, and he was made whole. So the church is supposed to be that which worship people that worship Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. It's not about worshiping anything else. It's about worshiping God Almighty. Amen. The church worshiped Jesus. Philippians 2, you turn there. Philippians 2 and 10 reads, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That that statement is going to come to pass. He said, well, not everybody worships Jesus, Pastor. No, but they all will, everyone will take a knee at some point. There is going to come a day when everyone will take a knee. And for you, for me, I pray, we will be taking a knee in humble adoration of the Lord God Almighty, and others might be taking a knee, shaking their fist in rejection of him, finding themselves even in the lake of fire, but it's not God's intention that they should find themselves there. The lake of fire, hell was not created for you, not created for me. But if you deny Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you don't live for him, then you're going to find yourself there every knee. Come on, someone say every knee. Every knee will bow. In Revelation chapter 5 and verse 8, let me read this to you. Powerful verses of Scripture. Now, when he had taken the scroll, Revelation 5, verse 8. When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Let's all say that together. And have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Verse 10. And have made us kings and priests to our God. 
and we reign, and we shall reign in the earth. Verse 11. Then I looked and heard a voice of many angels around the throne, and the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, what kind of a voice? A loud voice. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such that are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb and forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Wow. That's a picture of what takes place in heaven. Do you know what the church is supposed to do? The church is supposed to be a reflection of what takes place in heaven. The church is supposed to be an outpost. Actually, I'll call it an embassy, an embassy of heaven. And in actual fact, I've, I've looked up a definition of embassy. Let me see if I can read it to you. The primary purpose of the embassy is to assist American citizens. Now, this is the, an American embassy. Is to assist American citizens who've traveled to live in this, that country that the embassy is in. The U.S. Foreign Service officers are to interview citizens of the host country who wish to travel the United States for business, education, or perhaps even become citizens. Does that sound familiar? Let me say that a little bit different. The purpose of the church is to assist citizens of heaven who have traveled here, who are traveling here in the earth, passing through just a vapor. We're, 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 we're aliens, says the Bible. And to help those who desire to be citizens of heaven. And then it says of the embassy definition that in a large embassy there'll be annexes. The church is supposed to be an outpost, an embassy of heaven, that what takes place in heaven takes place in the earth. And how many of you know in the United States embassy in, in Cuba or wherever they might be, maybe some third world country where they have no food, I promise you there's Heinz 57 and ketchup in that embassy and there's Jif peanut butter if they wanted it. They have everything they want in that embassy from the United States and a C-130 or whatever it is, some giant plane that doesn't look like it should fly, lands every month and drops off everything they need. That is a picture of what the church is. The church is a, a worshiping community of believers that's supposed to be an outpost of heaven that worships God. There should be no lack in the church. Come on, somebody say amen. So that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to reach people and convert them to make them citizens of heaven. Come on, some of you need a green card from heaven. Can you say amen? Look at the kind of worshiper that you find. In John 4, look at the kind of worshiper that should be in churches. John 4 and 23, the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In Romans 12 and 1, it reads, I beseech you, therefore, brethren and sistren. Doesn't say that. By the mercies of God, that you should present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. 
This is the kind of worshiper that we should be, spirit and in truth, a living sacrifice. What do you mean? Is that, is that just us? No, it's all of us. All believers should worship like that with all their heart, with all their mind, with all their soul, with all their strength. The second purpose of the church is to make, anybody know it? To make disciples. To do what? Make disciples. Everybody say it. To make and to make disciples. That's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to make converts. Come on, we're not supposed to just lead people to Jesus and let them go there. We're supposed to lead people to Christ and then take them on to maturity. And the scripture's clear about that. And I think back in my early walk with the Lord, I, I really didn't have anybody that took me by the arm to teach me. I really didn't. I got saved in this church. Our systems are much better, I pray. Now, back then, it was just kind of like if you're hungry, and we had systems in place, but, but I just didn't know anything about them. You know, there's people that come into churches that don't really get connected. I'm not just talking about kings. I'm talking about all over the world. There's people on bar stool, that were on bar stools last night that are nursing hangovers today because they never really found out what happened when they received Jesus. And of course, there's those who've never received Jesus. But it's an epidemic out there of people who've received Christ and have not been discipled. We must make disciples. Amen. The standard definition of a disciple is a noun. Let me read this to you. Someone who adheres to the teachings of another. It is a follower or a learner. It refers to someone who takes up the ways of someone else. The ways of somebody else. Applied to Jesus, let me say it this way. A disciple is someone who learns from him to live like him. Someone who, because of God's awakening of grace, conforms his or her words Actions, ways to the words, actions, and ways of Christ. I'm a disciple of Jesus. Is there anybody else that's a disciple of Jesus? I am a disciple of Jesus. I follow him. He's my savior. He's my God. He's, he's the one I worship. And I'm a disciple of Christ. It's to say this. Did you know that Christian means little Christ? When you become a disciple of Christ, you know that your life ought to be a model of the way that he is. He said, well, I've got a ways to go. <laughs> That's called sanctification. Yes, I've got a ways to go also. Amen. Just talk to Pastor Karen. She can fill you in. Now, we all have a ways to go. But, but keep going. Keep, keep growing. Keep learning. Grow in the knowledge of God. Keep, keep learning. Keep changing. Confront the things in your life that are not right. And repent of them. And then get, get, get help. Get support. Be a disciple. There's no greater life Oh, there's no greater life than serving God. There's nothing like, oh my, oh, there's no life like serving Jesus. Oh, the blessings of God, lying on your bed at night, knowing that you're fulfilling purpose and destiny. Oh, how he chooses us and selects us. He said, well, you didn't choose me. Yes, he is. Through my white lips right now, he's choosing you. And if you've not given your life to Christ, we're going to remedy that by the end of the service. So very important to be a disciple. And it's not just being a disciple, we make disciples. Well, this is right from the text. We can make disciples. Wow, what a high calling. You mean I can be used of God to help somebody grow in the things of Jesus? Yes, in actual fact, that's what you should be doing. He said, but I just got saved last month. Man, there's people under a bridge right now smoking crack out of a crack pipe. I was going to mouth off about government subsidized crack pipes, but... I won't do that. 
any more than I just did. There's people that are in deep trouble that you know more than they do. Do you think you could reach to help them to grow? And I will tell you, the answer is yes. And, and I'll tell you this, that when we do that, we grow in God in a greater way. You, you can't separate that from being, be, disciples make disciples. I, let me say that again. Disciples make disciples. We had a, a, a theme, a little touch point years ago. Be a disciple, make a disciple. Why don't you say that? It works this morning. Ready, set, go. Be a disciple, make a disciple. In fact, real disciples of Jesus reproduce. You're going to do that. You can't help yourself. You know, I've been flying around in, uh, at different conferences, and in my comings and goings, we lead people to Jesus all over the place. We can't help ourselves. Somebody has to tell them. That's what, when you really become a disciple, you're going to share your faith. Now, some really have a gift of evangelism, uh, and, and that's a beautiful thing. But all of us should share our, our very lives, our actions, the way that we live in our community, the way that we talk, the way that our marriages are. They're all an aspect of being, that should be a, a model of being a disciple. And we can make disciples. Come on, say it. I can make a disciple. Say it. I can make. Now, uh, unhealthy disciples make unhealthy disciples. That's for sure. So we need to get healed and whole. But it doesn't mean you don't, you don't. You wait till you've walked on water. You get going. Come on, you can make a disciple. Say amen. Everybody say go. Look at two. Go. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go. Three quarters of the name of God is go. It's kind of a joke. You spell God G-O-D-G-O. Go. Everybody say go. Can you say it louder? Go. Can you say it one more time? All right. That's what, that's what we're supposed to do. The church is supposed to go. Not stay. The church is supposed to go. Many times when churches don't go, then that's when you end up with the stagnation. And that's not the vision of God. God has a vision for his church, and it's to go. And I'm so grateful that so many of you are a part of outreaches and life groups. We'll talk about that in a moment. And, and teams and being a part of going. But it's, a, it's certainly a command. It's a command. And in it, there's authority. In it, there's an authority. Go. It's a command. It's not saying, would you please go? It's not Jesus saying, you know, I really love you and everything. Would you do me a favor? Would you? I just want to know. And if it's not okay, I understand. Would you please go tell someone about me? That's not what he says. No, he says, go. I was talking to my dog recently. I said, come. The dog comes. I said, go. The dog goes. When it's really cold out, my dog likes to not go off, it likes to not go all the way off the porch to do its business. But when I say go, I don't really have to say it a whole bunch of times. I say go, and the dog gets off the porch and goes. Make. Look at, look at three. Make. Everybody say make. How many of you made your bed today? Praise the Lord. How many of you, how many of you made your lunch today? You're like, I'm looking forward to eating it. Good. How, how many of you, how many of you made yourself ready for something? Maybe you made yourself ready for school. You made yourself ready for work this week. Come on, I, I tied my tie. I, I got myself ready to preach to you this morning. Go make. Make. It's an action. It's, it's helping someone on their journey. And I'll just say this now, that there has been no greater joy. When I first got saved and I first was moving forward into ministry, I had so many dreams and hopes of my own. And, and God's done that. And I'm going to tell you what the greatest thing for me is now. It's seeing your life 
seeing your lives, seeing you guys get a hold of God, and in some small way, being a facilitator of releasing your dream. That's what I'm called to do. I'm a dream facilitator. Go for it. You can do it. God's called you. He's anointed. Go! Go change the world. Come on, go, go! And, and to encourage you and to make you into that which is representative of Christ, which Christian means Christ-like. Some folks should change their name. In other words, if you don't act like Christ, don't call yourself a Christian. Amen. Just keep coming to church and we'll, we'll make you one with your, your approval. You have, to, you have to participate. Nobody can make you do anything. You have to agree. But we're called to make disciples. Helping someone on their journey to become more like Jesus. This is the part of the vision of the church. Right here out of the text that we read. Baptizing them. Look at four. Baptizing them. It's really a picture. Baptism was always a, a picture of incorporating someone into a community of faith. Did you know that Jews baptized before Christians? You understand that? Being baptized, would take, um, they would take converts to Judaism and they would baptize them. It's a picture of being leaving the old life behind and coming into the new. Baptism is a command to be baptized. Somebody said, well, if you're not baptized and you ain't saved, no, show me that. That ain't in there, okay? But, but it is a command. It is a command. Come on, some, the, the, the thieves, the two thieves, one went to hell, the other one said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I don't think they had a little, a little heated baptismal underneath the cross and they just dunked him real quick and then put him back on the cross. No, he died on the cross. He did not get baptized, except spiritually he did. He received Jesus. He believed on the Lord. Believe on the Lord and you shall be saved. And be baptized. We have a tank over here, which is I'm looking forward to the new tank. Baptizing them. It's in, incorporating them into the church. It's what? It's incorporating people into the church. That's why baptism really shouldn't happen just you in a bathtub somewhere by yourself. Now, we've done that, and we will do that. Just sometimes people can't get out of their homes or they're, they're, they're handicapped or different reasons. But baptism should just not be in some lake by you and your uncle. It should really be a part of the corporate church. That's why we do it the way that we do it, because it's incorporating them into the church. Knowing God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and experiencing unique work in their lives. This is a baptism. It's, it's, it's a baptism into all that that means. Wow. Teaching. Everybody say teaching. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. Teaching is a vital part. No, I'm teaching you right now. Teaching's crucial, but Jesus just didn't teach. Come on, I've recently, over the few past weeks ago now, I taught about teaching and demonstration. You never see, it is an unbiblical thing to teach and not demonstrate. Completely unbiblical. There is always teaching and doing. There's doing and teaching. Jesus modeled that in Acts 1. Uh, Luke writing about what Jesus has done to Theophilus. All that, I, that all that Jesus began to both do and teach or teach and do. That is the model the model that God's called us to do. He's called us to teach, absolutely. But it can never be separated from doing. See, when you really learn something, you do it. I learned how to change uh, a compressor on my air conditioning system in my Dodge. They wanted to charge me like $1,500, and I knew the only thing that was wrong was the compressor. So, uh, actually, the, it was the, 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 the pulley on it. 
And he's like, no, we need a whole new compressor. That was four years ago. I went on YouTube. I talked to Wally. I talked to some mechanics. I still have scars on my knuckles, but I'm going to tell you something that that, that that system still works in my Dodge, and I saved, I did it all for about $150 instead. It's not just learning, it's doing. I can change a compressor in my truck, at least to pull in. I know a little bit of stuff. I'm a backyard mechanic. Hallelujah. Because I refuse to do something that I could do maybe on my spare time and maybe learn something. See, when you're taught, if you don't do it, then, then it's not really discipleship. You missed a great place to say amen. See, discipleship is both teaching and obedience, which is B. Obedience is tied to doing. Obedience. Colossians 1, 28. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ. To this end, listen closely, Colossians 1, 29. To this end, I also labor striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. The Apostle Paul to the Church of Colossae. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. What? Did you hear that? We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, knowing therefore the Terror of the Lord, knowing therefore, I'm not stuttering. I'm reading it over and over again because some people don't get it. This is a believer. This is the Apostle Paul saying, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. See, we don't go out and witness. We don't go out and do the things that we do just because it's just like cool. First of all, it's not all that cool. and People hate you for doing it. No, we do it because we know that there's an end coming. We know that there's an incredible life that God has for them. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Wow. All right, our plan to fulfill God's vision for this church is the plan that God has to fulfill the vision for every church. It comes right out of Scripture. It's, it's making disciples. It's, it's teaching people to obey. It's, it's going into the nations. It's, that's what God's called it to you, but I, I've broken it down in your notes. Our plan to fulfill God's vision. Our plan to fulfill God's vision here at King's. I can't talk for another church. I'm not responsible for another church. I'm grateful for the body of Christ. I am responsible for this under the global uh, senior pastor, Dr. James Morocco, and for other churches that, that we have oversight with. I am responsible. This is it. I'm giving you the vision, the simple plan that God has given us to, to fulfill Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is the simple plan for doing that. First of all, A, let's celebrate together. That, that's our services. Our services are celebrations. Times where we come together. Our, somebody said, well, the church is going to a, a life group, a small group model, and the large gatherings are not going to happen anymore in America. Ha! Ah! Nonsense. There's always going to be people that gather. We're not going to stop gathering. There's no COVID-19 that'll shut us down or what other plague comes. We're not going to shut down. How can you shut down what they didn't open? We're, we're going to stay open and we're going to be wise and, and we're going to submit to authority until they cross the line of, of uh, causing us to sin according to God's authority. We're going to be submitted to, to government leaders until they ask us to do something that's against our conscience or against the word of God. Then bounce. We're going to bounce out. As military people say, we'll be popping smoke, and that'll be it. Celebrate together. Everybody say celebrate. 
These are our main services. This is what we're doing right now. I'm teaching you. I'm imparting to you. We celebrate amazing worship. Amazing. We're going to keep doing that. And we'll add more. Glory to God. The second way, the second way of fulfilling God's vision for the church, for our church specifically, is small groups. Groups. We've got small groups. Life groups in people's homes. They're in cafes. They're here in the church. They're outside the church. They're, they're in restaurants. They're, they're all over. Groups where people gather together in the middle of the week or some other time when we're not having service, not having a celebration, we have these life groups, these small groups. They're very, very important. Do you know that anybody here can get involved in those? We have a guide. You can go online and look it up. You can be a part of it. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching one of them. I'm, I'm over one of them. My wife's doing one. All, we have so many people that are doing these life groups. But you know what? We don't have enough. You know why? Because to quote Roy, uh, Pastor Roy from the South many years ago, at a hundred and something years old, standing there in front of thousands of pastors in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Pastor Roy Stockstill is going on to be with Jesus. He stood up and they propped him up and he grabbed a hold of the pulpit. He had the microphone. And the first thing he says is, the best way to make a disciple is in a small group. And somehow I just never forgot the way that he said it. And the truth is, that's how I was raised up. In, in, in these small groups, in these life groups, you can talk, you can ask questions. You can't ask questions right now. It's a different, it's a different way of teaching and, and preaching. It's different right now. We don't have time for questions right now. That's not how we do it. Questions ask is any, there is no wrong questions. Ask anything you want in a life group. And so we have those, and we have a multiplied leadership that's raising them. You say, can I do that? Yes, you can. Just get a part of the process. Get in the Discover Track. Be a part of the different things that we're doing. Get into one of those groups. That's part of the plan of raising up, releasing, going, making disciples is celebration and life groups. Somebody say life group or small groups. Small group. Everybody say small group. Small groups. Life groups are synonymous. Same thing. Thirdly, utilize your gifts. Utilize your what? Utilize your gifts. Use your gifts. I heard one preacher say, if your gifts only work on Sunday, I wonder about your gifts. Use the gifts that God's given you. Some of you have a gift of hospitality. Others of you, there's a myriad of gifts that we all have. Use your gifts to expand the kingdom. Look at D, connect people, make relationships. When's the last time you took somebody out to lunch? Coffee. When's the last time you got together with someone and, and hung out? Not to get something from them and try to get them a part of your Amway downline, for God's sake. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. I'm, I'm not against, I'm not against downlines and I don't know what it's called, multi-level market. I'm not against it. Jesus was the original multi-level marketer. Amen. He had a downline of 12 disciples and you and I are here because of that. Amen. I am against it when people have relationships, target relationships, not because they care, but because they're trying to build their downline. Don't do that here. I don't like that. All right. That's, that, that's usury. That's, fle that's fleecing the sheep. However, you might have a business that's really going well, and people are like, man, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this. Really? Can you teach me? I'm interested in it. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. There's everything wrong with recruiting to build your downline because you want to make money. That's, that's greed. That's, that, that. But naturally, if you serve God, you live for God, you're going to be blessed. And I'm going to tell you, the businesses of this house have been prospered. Everyone? Yep. Yeah. Everyone. Everyone that I know of, they're just going straight up. Other businesses are closing. No, not here. Tithers and givers are blessed and they're walking in the fruitfulness of God and helping people and hiring people and 
Yeah, amen. When you're doing something for the Lord, whether it be a down, whether it be a multi-level marketing or a business, God will bless you. And people will, will normally want to, they'll just naturally want to be a part of it. We had a friend who, uh, I, I think it was Zazone, Zone uh, Nutrition years ago, and they were doing it. It's the uh, Pastor Zinger, Pastor Monica and Scott Zinger. They, they, they pastor our church in, um, in the islands on the island of Kauai. I got it. And they lost all this weight and got super fit. And so people are like, man, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing this zone nutrition thing. What's that? Well, and they tell them, blah, 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 blah. Wow, can you teach me how to do it? Because I, I want to be fit and in good shape. Sure I can. And so they taught them. And in the course of teaching them, they're like, well, where, can I get some of those bars? Well, yeah, I, I, I sell them. You, yeah, I'll help you with that if you want. And many times they would just bless people with these bars and their little shakes and all the different, come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? And then they're like, man, I want to do this. And so they become a distributor. There's nothing wrong with that. There's everything wrong with, hey, how you doing? I look pretty ripped, don't I? You want to join my team? How much money you got? Fifteen hundred down, and we can get you going in your business. It'll really help people. Shut up! Come on, somebody say, "Shut up." Okay. Connecting people, making relationships, make relationships with people. Or you say, well, "I don't like people." That's because you've been wounded. So keep answering the altar call. Get healed. Go through Discover Track. Get into the encounters. Do the different things we do. Get healed. Connect people. Look at E. Outreach. Everybody say outreach. Outreach. Outreach is key, and we have many, many of those, and we'll continue to do it. All right, the discipleship-making process, as I begin to bring this to conclusion. The discipleship-making process, the ancient concept of education is modeling. Is modeling. I'll never forget one of the greatest compliments I've ever received, and we give God all the glory for it. Uh, Jacob Barriento and his wife, they were talking to me at a conference not long ago, and she grew up in our church from the time she was a girl. And so she saw us when we were life, she saw us when we were life group leaders. And she said, you know, Pastor Daniel, can I tell you something? I said, well, sure. She said, you know, I've been watching you and your wife. I said, oh, she said, you know, I, I saw you when you used to stumble around here in the 90s. I watched, I remember once you came through those double doors. I was so sick at church, and I just felt like it was all fake. And, and, and I saw you and your wife hanging on each other and in and, and love with each other, and you walked in, and you stumbled in, and you were laughing. You were filled with joy. And as I looked at you, I just said in my heart, that's real. And I've watched you ever since, and I just want to thank you for being real. I thought, oh, my gosh, that's, like, so awesome. That's an amazing thing. Do you know you're making disciples by the way that you drive? Oh, I've just got convicted. Jesus, help me out. What did that, was that you? Lord, you're making disciples by the way that you tip. I just don't do under 20%. I can't. I can't and I won't. First of all, I've been a server. So you chintz people, even if you got bad service, you, you, you don't, don't you go ripping off people. You can help them and correct them and you don't have to, you know, uh, give the tip all the way to the moon if they didn't serve you well or the food was bad. I don't think you should do that either. But at the same time, I'm a pastor here in this community. I'm just going to tell you how it goes when we walk in. They're like, it's the, it's the brackets. I go to different restaurants. You know why? Because we bless their socks off. 20% a minimum. And if I let my wife do it, God only knows what she's going to give them. Amen? 
You're modeling the way that you live, the way that you talk, the way that you, the way that you give, the way that you serve, your smile on your face, or that, that, that resting, ugly look that you have. You need to change that and start getting happy. So well, I'm not happy. All right, well, again, discover track, go through the, get, get healed, get delivered, answer some of these altar calls and get free. Come on, modeling is the ancient way to make disciples. If people followed your life and the way that you're doing it, how would that work out for them? Let's have a praise break for just a second. Wow, that's convicting. Good, come on, how are you modeling? Are you modeling? All right. And you'll see this in Acts, Acts 1. We're, the, the ancient concept of education is modeling. It's teaching and doing. All right, making disciples is knowing, doing, and being. I want you to say that. It's knowing, doing, and being. Knowing, do it, knowing, no, growing in the knowledge of God. You know, I've, I've, I've talked recently about some um, finishing my degree. I've had to study uh, more than I ever have in my whole life. I do it late at night. Somehow I don't need as much sleep. Somehow when I was studying when I was a younger man, I couldn't retain hardly anything. And now I retain everything. Well, I don't know if it's everything, but, I, but, but we've had some serious increase in bandwidth. And I'm finding that as I'm studying, I'm falling more in love with God than I ever have before. It's not that I wasn't studying before. It's just that I'm giving more to it. Some of you don't study. Come on, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your, with your mind, with your soul, your strength. Loving God with your mind. You, you should know. You should be able to rightly divide the word. Prove to me that Jesus is the Messiah. How come the word of God is really the word of God? Is it really the word of God? Prove it. Can you prove it to me? So no. Well, I mean, don't be an ignoramus in church. Grow. And when you hear things here, Go back, study, read it, make sure. Be like the Bereans. Knowing, know. Everybody say knowing. And knowing is, is, is more than just head knowledge. It's, it's not spouting off platitudes of information. Knowledge, real knowledge from God brings transformation in the heart. So it's not, it's not just being able to declare and read off of the, uh, the Quizlet card that you have, the flash card that you have, and say, well, this is the definition of of uh, propitiation. You ought to know what it is deeply so that you can actually live it before life. Before Raise your hand if you know what propitiation means. It means averting wrath. The wrath that should head for someone else. Was a, he was a propitiation for our sins. He became wrath for you so that you don't have to receive wrath for your own sin. Come on, somebody ought to say amen. Doing faith and works are forever linked. They're, they're, they're linked together, faith and works. You can't separate the two. Doing. Everybody say doing. And the last thing is being. Being. We're human beings. We're not human doings. Knowing who you are, made in God's image, in God's likeness. Wow. Makes you special. You understand who you are. When you understand who you are, then, you, then you'll manifest God's power in your life. If you don't know who you are, you'll settle for any identity theft that comes your way. Come on, we're going to be a church that fulfills the vision of God. We're going to make disciples through celebration services like this. We're going to make disciples through life groups. We're going to do all that God's called us to do. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, Go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.